Chapter 35 Fits of Irrational Dumbass Darn, Quan said to himself, realizing Beth had stopped. He quickly hit the Audi's brakes and pulled over under the shoulder of the road, staring at his computer screen to make sure his tired eyes weren't failing him. Beth had definitely stopped. He realized that she was probably just over the next rise in the road, and he had almost exposed his position. He sat with the car idling, confirming the blip on the screen was stationary, then called Luke and Eamon. They've stopped, Quan said. We see that too, Eamon replied. Quan could hear Luke in the background cursing to himself while driving. Well, we're making good time, Eamon said. Luke's driving like a drunk toddler. We've cut the gap and should catch up with you in about 45 minutes, Eamon said. What? Quan asked, not understanding the metaphor. He can't reach the pedals? Quan asked. Damn, man, he's just driving like... Eamon stopped himself short and took a deep breath. Never mind, we'll be there shortly, he said. Okay, I'm not going anywhere, Quan replied. Quan heard Eamon begin to tell him something, but a pair of headlights appeared in his rear view and side mirrors out of nowhere and grabbed his full attention. What the? was all Quan could mutter as he tried to process what was happening. The headlights became larger and larger until they plowed into his Audi. He was oddly aware of a massive concussive force shaking him violently. Then the nauseating motion of the Audi rolling onto its side down into the ditch before coming to a stop on its roof. He was still conscious and hanging upside down when he heard someone walking toward him. He saw the boots through the driver's side broken glass window. The same boots that Beth often wore. The last thing he remembered was a boot colliding with his head. What the fuck was that? Luke screamed, hearing what sounded like a massive cannon blast followed by the sound of twisting metal echoing through their SUV sound system. Quan, what's going on? Eamon yelled. No answer. A few seconds later, after the noise had subsided, they heard a muffled moaning sound and a woman yelling, Motherfucker, followed by a dull thud. Luke pulled over and turned his phone's audio to the highest volume. He heard another car door open and close in the distance and what sounded like someone being dragged out of the car. There were rustling sounds within the car and then an eerie quiet as someone picked up the phone. There was heavy breathing, then Beth's brittle voice cutting through the silence. Fuck you, is all she said, before the connection died. Shit, 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 was all Luke could manage to say, jamming his foot on the accelerator, spraying gravel. I knew better than to let Quan follow her. I should have made him stay put. Eamon looked at him, half frightened by his driving, half frightened by what he had just heard. God damn it, that sociopathic bitch needs to fucking die, Luke shouted, wrenching a few extra horsepower out of their already overtaxed SUV. Beth took the battery out of Quan's phone and tossed it into the adjacent field. The Audi was wheels up in the bottom of a ditch, and Quan lay on the embankment, unconscious, as Charles lumbered down to get him. Put him in the trunk, she said. I don't want any communication between him and the girl, Beth ordered. But he's out cold. What's he going to say, Charles answered. Beth cut her eyes at him. He knew better than to say anything else, opting to drag Quan by the collar of his jacket, then dumped him in the trunk. Charles zip-tied Quan's hands behind his back and bound his ankles for good measure. Beth left her car on the side of the road. 
It may have been operational, but she didn't want to risk it. This is fucked, she thought to herself. How did Luke catch on so fast? Luke was street smart and a loose cannon prone to fits of irrational dumbass, but apparently she'd underestimated him, something she wouldn't do again. As it stood, she had another two-hour drive and still too many options for Luke and his team of misfits to cover them all. With no tracking devices active, she figured she had a window of four to five hours, unless they called the police. She chewed on that thought for a quick second. She didn't see that happening. His run-in with Richard Long had all the earmarks of desperation. No, he wouldn't call the police. He was still trying to find his brother. She needed to grab Jack, take care of Magnus, and make sure Greenleaf's facility went up in smoke soon. She'd deal with Luke later. Forty-five minutes after Quan's last communication, Eamon and Luke made it to his last known location, a truly desolate stretch of highway in the middle of nowhere, dark as Satan's heart with no discernible features except a pile of broken glass, an Audi upside in the ditch, and a beat-to-shit Ford sedan on the side of the road. There was no traffic and nothing but the sound of insects and the Ford's radiator hissing. Any sign of him, Luke asked, flashlight in hand, searching for anything that would give him a clue as to Quan's whereabouts or Beth's final destination. No, man. Looks like she's got his laptop. Phone's no help. I just tracked it and it's somewhere in the middle of that field. She's in the wind, Eamon said. God damn it. Luke's voice seemed to be swallowed by the darkness. Now what? He and Eamon sat on the hood of the rover, contemplating the situation. It was bleak. Call the cops? Eamon asked. Then tell them what exactly? If you'll remember, we left a dead human and a live one, the kind they call a witness, back in Richard Long's apartment. I seriously doubt he's going to do the right thing and confess to the murders, Luke snapped. Eamon shrugged knowing Luke was right. If they call the authorities, it would take two weeks to explain it all. Their biggest problem at the moment was having no clue where to go. They didn't even know what Beth was up to in the first place. She was the X-factor and a new player in this whole debacle. Luke could only assume that Jack, and now Quan were being held at some marijuana grow facility. Only they didn't know where it was and looking at the satellite images on Eamon's computer was useless. The facility could be anywhere. They were in the middle of farm country, dotted with hundreds of buildings that would fit the profile. Beth could be anywhere. 